This is Multinew Media. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Multinew Media. This is episode 101. Chris, hi. How are you today? Good. Missing a few Dalmatians, but I think I'm ready to go. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, episode 101. Uh, wow. 101 Dalmatians. <clears throat> you could go with IOI if you're like down with Ready Player One. Okay. I'm, I'm still going to pause for the crickets for the Dalmatians thing. I'm just going to be silent for about five seconds. So episode 101, sorry for the five-second pause, but today we are here to talk about um, what we said we were going to talk about at the end of episode 100. We'll be talking about Skype. Skype. Well, see, I'm going to do that 100 times now. We're talking about Slack, and in a way we're talking about Skype, aren't we? Uh, Teams is kind of Skype is kind of Teams is... Teams, Microsoft Teams, and Slack. Which one should you be using for your collaboration? And we'll get to all of that in just a moment. But we do want to start with a definition of the day. And today's definition of the day, we want to talk about tenancy. So, Chris, what is tenancy? Or you may hear this term from time to time, multi-tenancy. What are these things? Well, uh, a tenant is kind of like a group of users who share access. Like a tenant might be an active directory or a domain or a company so or, or like a business unit okay so some sort of group at the company i'm at uh everybody's in the same tenant now there are other places where maybe you have one piece of software and it's multi-tenant so let's say wordpress if you have wordpress installed and you want to um, serve up multiple different sites off of the same wordpress installation mm-hmm that would be an example of multi-tenancy. You have one piece of software serving up to multiple like domains or, 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 or segments. And maybe they're all branded differently. They all look different, different themes, but it's all running off of the same WordPress install. So this um, is a lot like the word tenant that we have in real estate and in residential neighborhoods. We might talk about if you have a tenant in one of your buildings, that's somebody who's moved in. So if, if we have single occupancy building for a family or a company, depending on your zoning, you would be the tenant of that building. And then if we have an office building or an apartment complex, that would be a multi-tenant situation or multi-tenancy where many different people are utilizing the structure, the infrastructure of that building. And, and, and there's some reasons people do this. If you, run a, if you want to run five websites, you might not want to have five web servers. You could instead have one web server that's multi-tenant and you, you're paying for one web server, but you're hosting five sites on it. Are you trying to promote my course? <laughs> no, and uh, I know you're not. Reason. But if anyone's interested, I do have a hosting website with Amazon Lightsail course. Plug, plug, plug. Oh, stop. Uh, another reason people do multi-tenancy is uh, for data aggregation and, and data analysis and, and, and personalization. Because if you see the same user, you know, maybe you have one uh, one user base, you know, one set of accounts that applies across multiple websites – you can now see their interactions across all the websites or, hey, you already have an account here at A. You can use that here at B. Now, as I understand this multi-tenancy thing, though, 
you developers, the accusatory you, you developers like multi-tenancy for a couple of reasons I understand on the business side. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Not only, not for the reason that it creates a subscription model of software, but am I correct in the sense that when you have a multi-tenant situation, what you can essentially do is you have that one piece of code like you talked about. So WordPress, right? WordPress can power multiple domains simultaneously. Or if you log into uh, Office SharePoint. 365, SharePoint, right? Multiple instances, multiple um, uh, sites can um, be run internally with a company on SharePoint. And so you're using that one piece of backend software. That means if you publish an update to that software, Given everybody gets it right, given access rights and your staging of it, everybody can get that feature. Yes, it's it's much easier. Um, you've done web design and you've done multiple sites, and maybe maybe use a CMS or maybe updated a, a theme. Uh, it's a lot easier doing one update than doing eight. Exactly, it's a lot easier to go into WordPress and go change theme than it is and, and have that theme apply with a standard set of code behind the scenes that works rather than taking, you know, two different websites that function completely differently and say, all right, now how do I, how do I change the way one looks? Fine. Maybe you update it in a particular way, but then how do you change the other one? And it's completely different. Correct. Yep. Okay. I, I think the best place that I'm with is thinking of this as a physical building where the infrastructure, the technological infrastructure is equivalent to the building's infrastructure and the structure itself and yeah. I think, you know, because we use the word tenant with our buildings and our domiciles, so I think that makes the most sense. Now, we'll see if this term comes up later in this episode because we are talking about multi-tenant software, but we're going to spitball this one and see just how relevant this term of the day is. So, Chris, are you ready to get into our topic of the day and start yes, I comparing, am. I almost said Skype again, Slack and Microsoft Teams? Well, actually, why don't we... We even bring Skype into it a little bit. Have have you? I'm assuming you've used Skype, like we're, maybe Skype for business. We're using uh, regular old Skype right now, and yes, use Skype for business. Before that, a lot of our listeners may know that Skype for business was previously Link. Link uh, became yeah. Skype for business. Yeah. Did no. you ever use? Have you ever had to use Slack in a professional or non-professional manner? Slack, absolutely. Yeah, no. So Slack I use at the university. I've used with a um, a couple of different companies online, uh, including with Google. Uh, you and I use Slack somewhat. We did for a while. We, we'll see if we get it back. Uh, we used to use Slack a little bit here for the show. And that's really what had this on my mind. I'm, I'm looking at Slack and I'm looking at Microsoft Teams. I have Slack. I have Microsoft Teams through Office 365. And I'm really torn uh, or at least I was. I think I'm coming close to a decision. I'm really torn on my use case of what I should uh, do, and I know a lot of other people are as well. I'm not torn at all. Um, I've, <laughs> uh, I've my company used Slack. Uh, actually, two of the companies I've consulted for uh, have used Slack, and um, one has switched 100% to Teams, and the other still has both. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll go over everything, and I'll I'll save my my. My clear answer for the end. You know, when you said that, when you said you had a clear view of it, it seemed like what you were saying was going to lead us to that, and then you completely did a bait and switch there. <laughs> so, okay, Here, here's what we're talking about. Slack and Microsoft Teams, if you've never encountered these before, they're essentially multi-user pieces of software that enable communication. 
So uh, do you remember the old uh, bulletin boards or chat rooms or even just a comment thread in Facebook or Reddit or or anywhere somewhere where you can just leave multiple comments in a row? What if we can have that within our team, within our workplace, and not have to all share one thing like we sometimes have to do with Skype, mentioning it, or sometimes with SharePoint? What if we can have individual groups, individual teams, or as we call individual channels? So we're talking about instant messaging meets chat meets a replacement for email, question mark? A hundred percent. We very, very seldom email anymore uh, on the, the – at. The offices where I work. I was about to say, speak for yourself. I've got to get to my email today. Well, unless it's something very formal, uh, we use Slack or Teams for all of our internal communication. There are a few differences, but uh, generally it's a subset of people. So um, when you have a, like an organization, um, in teams, you might make a subset of that, maybe the development team or maybe a team for a certain project or a team for a certain client or, or, or some effort like that. But inside of that team, you, you can have multiple channels. Slack has the same way. You set up a – You know what? I'm trying to figure out group. what it is called uh, on uh, Slack. I don't know the official terminology. I'm going to look it up very quickly. So keep uh, keep doing a song and dance as I figure that out. It's called a workspace. It's called a workspace? Yes. The, no wonder I don't know what it's called. Something.slack.com. There it is. Yeah, create a workspace. So, wow, sorry. I didn't know that term, and I, I'm going to go ahead and forget it because it doesn't seem relevant to me. But, but a workspace is any number of individuals, but there's a very key difference between these two groupings of people. On Slack, there's a, a difference between what groups and groupings of no, people? No, between Teams and Slack, there's oh. a difference. Oh, okay. What's and the difference? difference is is very important to some people. So with Slack, you can make a group around a project or you know, you know, a workspace around a project or whatever. Anything. And usually it's tied to an email. A lot of times it can be tied to a company's Active Directory, all of that, just like Teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but the a really cool advantage of, of this, with Slack, you can invite anybody. With Slack, you can invite anybody. With Teams? Uh, right now, they pretty much have to be part of your organization in order to invite them into a team. You're absolutely yes. right. For most people right now, uh, at the time you're hearing this, and you can look it up, and, and I know that a, a lot feature. of... They're working on it. They're, they're not only working on it. It's super requested. It is in limited release. You can, if you're in one of the lucky organizations that already has this rolled out, probably in the Microsoft Office E3 or E5 suites, you can probably already add external users to your Microsoft team. The difficulty is I logged in even today and tried yet again and here in my business premium account, I sadly cannot. So even though this feature is in rollout, it has not completely rolled out. I'm limited to only the people right. in my organization. So right now, Slack is a great way for businesses to communicate with other people in other businesses. So uh, the client I'm at right now has a Slack uh, workspace set up and they um, they use software from a third party vendor. And they sometimes have to file bugs and, and, and get, you know, new features added. And so there's a Slack channel specifically for communication with that vendor and the devs of the vendor are in that Slack channel and the managers of the client are in that Slack channel and they can communicate directly and it's very easy and there's a history and it's super easy. 
So uh, I'll re- let me some- let me relate that to the show very briefly because one of the things I'd like to do, you know, in the last episode we were talking about, is Facebook the right place for us with the um, data and privacy issues, or or you know, what's the real place that we can congregate? And one of the things I'd love to do in our Slack that you and I have let go is potentially open general up to where people could join it and communicate, even listeners of the show, because I've been in a Slack uh, community with somewhere between five and 10,000 people before it's oh, crazy so I, yeah. because it's Slack, really interesting. Slack doesn't for the free tier and we'll get to the cost in a little bit, but for the free tier, it doesn't archive anything over, I think something like 10,000 messages or 10, so. Yeah. And so you're thinking about even if one person, uh, one message per person, you could, you could evenly outdo that. But I've been in these types of teams and they work or the, I should say these type of uh, Slack workspaces and they work. So I'd love to open it up, but also, have a have a channel just for us and a channel just for guests, you know, something like a green room. And it sounds like right now, if that's what I want, Slack is my only option of these two because Teams, I don't have that ability yet, but I will soon. So if I could hold off a little bit. Well, there's a difference between, hey, if you post this URL, anybody can join your Slack and I have to go explicitly invite outside people into my team. Well, there there are both settings in Slack. You can give the link and people can sign up from Correct. outside the organization. And I is, was saying I don't think you can just give a general link in Teams. That Absolutely correct. So in Teams right now, you do have to explicitly add the person in the organization. A, a lot of the usage I've seen in both tools is is having to do with like integration or even file sharing. So, And those are almost two different topics. So we can talk about file sharing. Um, yeah, let's do one and then the other. Let's save integrations for later. What I think is great is when you're in this chat, you know, you're in this channel working with people and, hey, can you shoot me this file? Sure. And you can just drag and drop a file onto them. You can upload, you know, you can attach documents. You can take screenshots and paste them right in. Like it really eases communication. Uh, because the turnaround and responsiveness is is just right there, and you can see when they're online. And um, but the uploading the files is is just phenomenal. Now in Slack, correct me if I'm wrong. You drag and drop the file, and you can you can assign a file to a particular channel, or you can make it available to anybody. Um, yep. But at the same time, when we look over at Teams, you can upload files, you can do all of this. But this is where Teams really takes a drastic departure for me, and I start getting some questions. To me, it looks as if all of my files in Office 365 are exactly that. They're SharePoint files in Office 365, and it makes me think that the files feature in Microsoft Teams is nothing but another front for SharePoint. Uh, and, and it is. I mean... Teams is built on top of Skype um, and SharePoint. And so when you create a new team, you kind of create a new O365 group. And when you uh, create a new channel, it, it kind of makes like a new folder in that SharePoint document library. And uh, you can have subfolders and, and drag and drop the files. And But it, it it can be, if you know where to look, you can drill down into SharePoint and find it. Well, this is going to be a big uh, topic for more people, so I don't want to glance over it. What you just said is when you're in Microsoft Teams and you create this team, that is a group, like as in the group that you see in your Office 365 admin panel. And it's going to be that way even when you include external users. And Um, that's why there's that that issue with including people. It, It 
it has advantages and disadvantages. So and, and, and that group, by the way, that has implications in terms of mail. That has implications in terms of SharePoint. That has implications in terms of almost anything in Office 365, uh, whereas in Slack, you know, that data is stored somewhere, but it, it's transparent to, or not, excuse me, it's not transparent to the user. You never have to see it. You never have to worry about it. It, it doesn't become part of your administrative dashboard, if that makes sense. So that's going to be a big issue for some people that say, look, I don't want an additional group in Office 365. However, before we keep going and, and talk more about this and then eventually move to the integrations, we really should address the elephant in the room. We keep mentioning, rather, Office 365. The only way to get Microsoft Teams is to subscribe, paid, to Office well, 365. Yeah, huge. Uh, another thing that's that's very um, – that I use all the, all the time is direct messaging between people, just like real-time chats – um, that panic it, moment when I think, oh, God, did I just send that to the whole room? That panic moment doesn't go away. It's it's there in both. I don't have that panic oh, moment. Oh, come on. You really, can't, I don't think. You can't tell me you never do that. You're only sending appropriate, perfectly appropriate for everybody messages. Now, I keep well, it professional. if, if you're not, careful about what you say all the time, then uh, it's not a panic moment. I'm not saying that I'm what unprofessional. People's backs. I'm not saying that I'm unprofessional. I'm saying that there are certain moments where – you acknowledge there's a problem with something rather than calling it an opportunity, hint, hint, you know? Uh, okay, sure. Okay, I digress. So the <laughs> files feature is very useful. Um, I, yeah, there's files, there's code snippets, but uh, yeah, the, the direct messaging, uh, the chatting, um, it, it on all of these, there's, there's a history there. Um, but searchability, again, direct messages, like you mentioned, the main yes. uh, channels uh, have a chat room essentially. Uh, so it's wonderful yeah. for sidebars. Now, I um, you can, can apply comments to files. You can actually. Um, can you help me with this? So on Slack, I believe in the past, uh, I've had multiple user direct messages. I believe okay. that's a thing. And multiple um, user direct messages. I believe I've had private messages with multiple users outside of a channel. Okay. Yeah, you can. It's very easy. And but can you do the same thing on Teams? Oh yeah, you can make you start a chat and you just add multiple people, and then you can actually give a name to that chat. So we have a like a lunch chat, and it has a number of people from the office, um, minus a few of the managers, and we discuss. Oh, so is today go get a drink at lunch day or <laughs> see, <laughs> see, after work that's day? what I'm saying. That's the stuff that I don't want to send to everybody. But, you know, now as I say that, I'm having trouble generating a multi-user chat uh, direct message in Slack. So maybe I'm mistaken. It might be because you're using one that only has one other person. So you can't have multiple oh, people that. The, possibly. But I'm also trying to message Slack bot, <laughs> which is the default helper bot in Slack. So. Um, both of them have notifications and they have user presence, so you can easily see if someone's online or offline or idle. They both support audio calling and video calling, but the screen sharing is native to Teams. It requires some third-party integration to do it on Slack. But you can use Skype with Slack, right? So, you, But it uh, is a yeah, third-party integration, and we'll talk about you those can just integrations. just regular Skype. It's fine, um, but... 
So, you know, Microsoft says this and I'm looking at teams and admittedly, I'm the only person in this team because I'm just setting it up. I'm the only person in my organization for this Office 365 account. And I, I look at this and it says that I can meet now. But to me, this is like a private instance of WebEx or GoToMeeting. It's, it's, well, it's, it's like a multi-user Skype chat, but I can't broadcast that. I, I don't even know. Can I record that? So what we've done in my work is we have set up meetings through Teams. Uh, it sets up a calendar invite. You invite, you know, you tell if you want to invite channels or the whole team or, or select individuals. It shows up on their Outlook calendar. Um, you can do the video chat and screen sharing straight from it. And there is an option to record it for playback later. Okay. Um, and I do think uh, and if, that could be wrong. I need to does that connect here. with Microsoft Stream, which is their... I don't think so. It's their corporate version. It's Microsoft's corporate version of YouTube. Think of it that way. To where I, you I you can post your videos to your own private video streaming service. I, I don't think so. Okay. Well, you know what? It looks like it's an integration, so you may be able to. Microsoft Stream, but again, so it's one of those integrations. So that actually brings up the next great topic, which is third-party integration. Mm-hmm. And there are integrations for everything. Uh, one of the first ones we usually do anywhere is add Giphy. <laughs> Giphy. Can you add Giphy to Teams? I know you can add it yes, to Slack. you can add Giphy to Teams. You can add Giphy to Teams because one of the things if you – so what we're talking about are these in, these integrations rather – it, it, well, no, no, not Giphy. Giphy. So these integrations, let's describe those a little bit better. We're talking about adding connectivity with third-party software. So, for instance, if you want to make a Skype call, you can add Skype in to Slack. It's already part of Teams, as we described. If you want to, you know, include um, maybe you want to do something with your Mailchimp account, you can put a Mailchimp integration in and send information directly from your Slack or your Teams to Mailchimp. Mailchimp far, is, far is beyond this. Mailchimp is not on Teams, but continue. I'll come back to that. No, I'm just saying the integration goes far beyond this. This is where uh, any third-party app that supports Slack will add either um, like a command where you can do like some sort of slash command into your chat window, um, just kind of like with video games when you're doing like slash locate, or um, if you want to do like in um, – your text applications, if you make like smiley faces, it might substitute it for an emoji. There are third-party integrations where you can do slash screen share and it will launch a third-party screen sharing app. You can get notifications from third-party applications. So if you're doing builds with Git or you're doing uh, Microsoft VSTS, you can have it post to your chat that the build is done. If you use Zoom, or go to meeting, you can do like slash Zoom and it'll start a, a share with so, somebody. There's Google Drive integration. There's Jira. You can tag it, uh, a, a Jira issue and it'll look it up and tell you what the statuses are. If you think about things like if this, then that, IFTTT, or if you think about Microsoft Flow, or um, a couple of these other services that take APIs and webhooks and integrate so that you can set off a series of events. Well, imagine if one of the events was putting information in front of your human users, in front of your team, and think of one of those destination points being to display a message or present a file or to offer some of the other uh, information inside of these pieces of software. But I don't think it's clear for all users 
how to no. access these commands, it's going to feel like command line for some of us because you start with a forward slash and then you call the app by name. So if I want to Skype you on Slack because I've installed this integration on Slack, I do forward slash Skype and then I call your username. Uh, so Chris Ayers here. Okay. Yep. So if I do that and hit enter, one, Skype, the Skype plugin will look and see if you've populated your Skype screen name. And you haven't in this particular Slack channel. So what I'd have to do is issue another, almost like I'm chatting, right? Just like right. I'm chatting into the chat window. It almost and feels I, like IRC to anyone who used to do IRC and issue server commands. So it's yeah, not the most intuitive. And there's some crazy integrations. There's like one that keeps track of birthdays. And it'll, the, you know, the, the app almost has like a little bot and it'll message you. Say, hey, what's your birthday? I just want to build up a database so I can remind the team when your birthday is. Mm -hmm. Or there's a thing called Polly, and you go, Polly, uh, what should we have for lunch, uh, sandwiches or pizza? It'll make a little poll that shows up in the chat, and people just click on the choice they want, and it'll make a little chart. Wait, how is Polly spelled in that case? P-O-L-L-Y? P-O-L-L-Y? Because Polly is uh, Amazon's text-to-speech stuff, so I almost thought you were about to go there. No, Polly has integrations in both Slack and Teams. Different um, Polly, your Polly, the 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 polling one. Yes. Yeah. Um, there a lot of apps have integrations in both. There are a lot fewer integrations in Microsoft Teams right now. Correct. In fact, um, even from Microsoft, there are integrations that work with Slack that come from Microsoft that Microsoft does not have for Teams yet, and that's one of the things that I think ultimately aggravates a lot of people about Microsoft and their current um, multi-year whatever they've been doing after consuming and uh, failing in consumer, trying to say that backwards and be dyslexic. But I, I, I do get the sense if you've had frustration with Microsoft in the past, keep in mind, I'm the person who tends to be called a Microsoft apologist. And I will say that Teams is just another example of we went too early. We thought it'd be great. It's not really that great, and they're having to work to improve it, but there's no guarantee of when it'll be ready and, and up to speed. So going off this third-party integration, there are a couple of strengths, I would say, that Teams has out of the box with no integration with the third party needed and no additional apps or bots or anything. Okay, what's that? So yes, you can like pin important messages and pin files and stuff in, in Slack, on Teams, they've kind of gone a different route, and they've made multiple tabs. So when you have a channel, you can have tabs across the top. So the conversation is one tab, maybe files or another tab. But they fully support integration with Microsoft Planner, which is their Kanban board. Mm-hmm. So you can keep track of what's what you know to dos and and uh, what's in progress. They have uh, a notes section with like a wiki, so you can do a wiki to just keep. Uh, collaborative notes with the group you can pin uh, OneNote to it so you can have a OneNote and edit it straight from the team's client uh, and, and view the data it doesn't work the worst but you know okay. that's I think that's an important distinction that we can make and offer some value in this conversation after spending a lot of time with it if somebody's looking for my recommendation I've honestly got to go with Slack right now however oh I do too <laughs> and oh. I have some reasons oh see I tricked you into doing it this early but but 
the thing I have to say is there is a paradigm shift of what you're looking for. You know, we're not talking, at least not right now, about different pieces of software like Trello and Podio and Asana, even though a lot of websites that compare these put those types of project management tools into this category. And the reason I'm saying that we're not talking about those, at least at this point, is because Slack and Teams have a very different paradigm, even though they're going for the same customer. Slack has a paradigm of we are killing email. You don't have to have instant messaging software and email. All of this can be in one place. And then you get all these beautiful add-ons that we've been describing. We get all this beautiful feature set. Teams is very much going this, this other option where how I mentioned before, they seem to be a layer over SharePoint, and and they are, like we've talked about. But what that means is Teams seems to be so much more functional about our core purpose is not to get rid of your email. In fact, you can send people to an email inbox from Teams. The idea is much more about productivity and workflow. At least that's my two cents. I'm not trying to speak on behalf of Slack or Microsoft. That's my direct cut to it take. Are you trying to kill email? Or are you trying to replace your intranet? No, I think I think that Microsoft is saying their push has always been towards collaboration and sharing uh, inside their own application stack. O365, you can set up a meeting in Outlook and create a, a Skype meeting. You can take a Word doc and reference data from Excel. You can, you know, attach files right in Outlook. You know, all, all you know, calendar invites, all the all this cross communication between their applications. And Teams kind of takes the Slack model and layers it on top of that. It doesn't do what Slack does. It doesn't integrate with everybody. It, it tries to be the intermediate, I think, between Skype for Business, which is kind of going away these days, and Outlook. And it's, it's tried to simplify SharePoint and, yep, here's your OneNote. Here's your little wiki chat can share your files like it's just trying to to get rid of the old idea i think of a shared calendar or maybe a shared network drive or here's a a word doc that you just kind of update from time to time and just kind of put it all into one place keep you in the ecosystem i've got to be this guy you realize you just said exactly what i said right slack is we're trying to kill email and we're trying to hub all this but on on microsoft side it's all about this sharepoint it's about office 365 it's putting a new layer on yeah. top of it to make yeah. these connections but they're going after the same people through these integrations okay so i see we have a skew on here but we're we're essentially getting to the core of it even if we don't agree exactly that the core is in the same place. We believe it's in the same galaxy. These integrations, though, that I, I feel like in the long term, if somebody's looking to us and saying, OK, well, which one do I go with? They now know both of our recommendations are currently Slack. But I feel like Teams is going to suffer in the long run because if I offer some other piece of software that competes with what Microsoft is doing, if I'm if this, then that or if I'm any of these automation tools why would I go into Microsoft Teams when they're going to promote Flow over me? Well, there's more to it. Okay, so what did I miss then? So for apps, I mean, yes, there's desktop clients for Mac and Windows. Uh, Slack also has a desktop client for Linux. And then there's mobile apps for Android, Windows, iOS, all that. And web apps. They work. They, they, and, and there's a web app. That's because Slack is pretty much just an Electron app. It's a web app wrapped in a, a wrapper. Mm-hmm. It works great. Uh, Teams is – they put out a lot of releases, but it, it's it's definitely a little clunkier than Slack. 
I mean, Slack is just kind of focused on simplicity and working. And um, it's definitely like a Unix, Mac, Google mindset of doing one thing and doing it really well. I think that integrates into how it fits into the marketplace, why you would want to look at it when there's a cost involved or, or maybe not. So there's a free version of Slack. So with Slack, you can have a workspace for free. Um, they limit you on a number of issues, uh, like how far you can search back in your your history. Um, I think how many people you can add, or you're limited by integrations. You're limited by searchable messages, by how you can integrate with people. Like you can't integrate with Google or single sign-on with the free plan, and and there's a lot of stuff you can't do, one-on-one -on -one voice calls only. But once you pay. Um, and, and they charge uh, $6.60 per user per month billed at a year. I mean, it can, so, it's, so Slack is, has two different tiers. They have a standard and a plus. So call right. it around seven, eight if you're billing monthly. And then the right. plus, which does a little bit more like if you're a company and you need single sign-on, uh, compliance, that type of stuff, that's going to cost you twelve fifty a seat, which I think that's – I mean that's steep though because teams – you can get twelve fifty of seat well, for on. all of office. Well, hold on. I mean, so they also have fifteen party video calling. They have, you know, they up the file storage capabilities. Oh, but, uh, and stuff. With which one, standard or plus? They, they both uh, have huge chat groups. They they up the file storage. They add a lot of features. But why would I pay six dollars a month for a user? So that you know, it comes out to be like eighty dollars a year. Yeah, for the low end and like $140 a year for the, the plus. Right. Why would you want to pay that? So a lot of these people that have Slack also go with stuff like Google Apps. So they're not buying O365. They're not buying Office. Right. They might be a Linux or Mac shop running on uh, LibreOffice or they might have paid for the Google Apps and are using Google Docs and, and, and Google Sheets to do all their work. And so a lot of these Google-centric shops use Slack. A lot of Mac and Unix shops use Slack. And that I, under, that I understand because – So then if you layer that on, which is what, like 60 bucks a month or 60 bucks a year for a user for Google Apps? For Google, I don't know off the top of my head. The last couple times I saw the stats, it was like Slack plus Google was roughly about the same cost as O365. You know, I, I guess from my – point of view and I'm talking about the small business owner to maybe even a corporate employee somebody at the somebody at the corporate level the the white collar level of a business I, I have a problem with that so I understand Why? that teams is not where I want it to be teams is not where a lot of people want it to be and you'll, you'll catch this if you go online and look at the Microsoft user voice for it there are a lot of people wondering why did you roll out this half-baked product but in in defense if I have to play devil's advocate to my own position it's I pay 1250 a month for and that can go up to 35 depending on your organization but I pay that per month and so if I'm a small to mid-sized business 1250 per month no it's not the greatest idea yet but I get you know word PowerPoint Excel Outlook, Exchange email, um, an invoicing app, a, a simple newsletter app, get all okay, Power on, BI, all of that for twelve fifty per month. On. But okay. But yeah, I've got to piece I, together Slack and and Google Docs, and those two together come to twelve dollars 
and I don't have full powered spreadsheet software. And Hold you on. can say Google Sheets all you want, and that's not full powered. There's a consideration you're missing, which is with O365, there is some setup. Like, I'm sorry, sometimes there's issues. You have to install it, uninstall it, correct some minor issues with the software, but it's installing software on your machine. Sure, you can do it all web-based, but that's not fully... I mean, it's kind of baked, but it's not the best. Would you agree with that? Sort of. So what you're getting with uh, the Office Online apps is about what you're getting with Google Docs. But everybody has those free. You can get a OneDrive account and get those free. You get those free with a Microsoft account. But I've I've seen a number of... So if if I'm running a company and I have to set up email... I now have to get hosting and manage DNS and and do something to set up a mail server and get my mail, or I can pay a small fee and very easily point it at Google and just manage my email online and don't have to install anything. I can do chatting and, you know, documents online. I'm just saying there's Well, the same with Office 365. It includes Exchange email hosting. I'm just saying there could be... An advantage to not having to set up anything and be you, able to work from any web browser. You have to set the exact same thing up in either one, and I can go and check all of my email addresses through an Office 365. I'm not trying to, by the way, I'm not playing devil's advocate anymore. I'm not trying to take Microsoft's position. There's no difference in what you're describing. There, okay, there are minor That's differences. Fair. That's fair. I understand that, but what I'm saying is a lot of people will use, I, I've seen in a number of my clients where instead of just going office and kind of being locked into office and O365 and that that way of doing everything. I have seen people go, I use Gmail at home. I kind of like Gmail. You know what? Google Docs is okay. I want a chat program. Hey, Slack's really cool. It works well. I get notifications. It does everything I need it to do. And, and so people build up the tool set based on what they like or what they want Instead of I have this bundle and it's kind of forcing me or heavily encouraging me down a path. So I spend most of my career taking that and listening to people and and hearing, well, we like this and we like that. And one of the biggest pieces of advice I've ever given, and I'm not I'm not countering, I'm not being, you know, not giving any bravado in this. (laughs) This is my real consulting. I say, well, let's take what you like and let's compartmentalize that. And you use that after hours. Because if you like one and the other and you piece them together and it comes out the same price and that's wonderful. My entire point, I'm not, because again, my answer, I choose Slack in this case, free or paid, even if it's an additional cost. But the point about choosing what you like and building that way, what happens then when you need full powered spreadsheet software to analyze your performance? You know, who are you going to go to? I Are you going to go to Google for that? No, you're going to go to LibreOffice or you're going to go to Microsoft or you're going to go to load. You're going to go to, to somebody else. And I the overall cost factors in. a little in. bit off the topic. No, the overall cost factors in. I understand that. So we, we build these things no, based on just, preference. I would advise not going by preference, though. I mean, what gets the job done? I, I'm not entirely even saying that by preference. Have you tried using some of the Office tools on a Mac? Have you tried using them on a Linux machine? For some, some developers are very Linux heavy. Some, some designers, and that's where um, that's where your key is absolutely right. It it depends on what gets the job done because if you need Linux to get the job done, Office isn't going to help you very much. Or Mac, if you need Mac, some of the things. Yeah, it's some of the so some of the features. Hard. It's with sixteen, it's fairly on 
on they're par. They're starting to try to unify the code bases it's uh, not, between Mac and Windows. Absolutely, it's not there. No, no debate for me on that. Yeah. Anyways, I think we went down. I, I think we went a little far down the rabbit hole on that one. Well, no, it's good it because was just, it it relates maybe back. It was better summarized as. If you're in a Windows environment and you're in a Microsoft shop, then probably Office is great for you. If you're in a very diverse environment with alt- alternate operating systems or or using lots of Macs and maybe you're mobile and on a tablets or, or something all the time and not on Windows. Oh, you're going to get mad at me. But see, what you just said is 100% the core of what I'm disagreeing with. Even if you're on Windows, if Slack works better for you, go Slack. Don't define it based on what type of shop you are. Yes, that's going to give you some type of limitation of what you can and can't use, but define it based on what works better. Okay. No, uh, the reason I'm, I'm saying that is I, I prefer Slack. I really do. Mm-hmm. But there are some where, yes, they need Office. Yes, they need Word and you know, they're, they're trying to integrate with other businesses and, and maybe G Suite isn't working for them. It might not make sense if you don't need to have huge channels and teams where you can invite outside people. If you don't really need that, um, if if some of the integrations aren't that important to you and you just need – teams might be fine because you get it for free. And and that's that's the mindset Microsoft has gone for. It's not the best, but eh, it's okay. <laughs> that that is give it a- to you for free, so don't go buy another one because eh, – that's a that is a perfect summary right now. So, a hundred percent. That's where they are. No, yeah, no, and and it's absolutely uh, true because coming off of the playing devil's advocate, and and I've already mentioned this. You know, Slack would be my preference in this case, if possible. Oh, yeah. No matter what type of shop, no matter what type of business, that would be my preference right now. And we see this over and over and over from Microsoft and and anybody. And I'm saying this not to pick on Microsoft. I'm saying it because people are trying to make this decision. And you need to know that the products coming out from Microsoft right now, especially part of Office 365, they're doing this rapid prototyping. They're doing Teams because they want to keep up with Slack. They're putting invoicing in because they want to, you know, draw people away from going to QuickBooks Online. They're putting email communications in because they're trying to see how can we appease the market of these people paying MailChimp and AWeber? How can we bring just enough of them in to where they subscribe to our services and and, and stick in-house here within that ecosystem? And like you mentioned, it's, it's almost downright aggravating because it's always you're going to hit that one feature. Everything will work for you just fine until you get that one thing you need, and it's not there. It's multi-tenancy. Now, how so? <laughs> They're both multi-tenant. No. So um, I work for a consulting company, and so I have teams at the consulting company. I'm also at a client site. I have teams at the client site, and and it's not using my same email. They they okay, made sense. a new account for me. Yeah, the the software. Clients. Okay, at a development level, the software is multi-tenant, but it's not. Yeah. You you can't go over to your neighbor's house for a party. Yeah. Is what you're trying so, to say. I am signed into Teams. Well, you're both using the same code base of Teams. You just, just can't party. Just hold on. Jeez, you keep talking over me today. So I sign into Teams at my consulting firm. I get notifications from the consulting firm. I see nothing from the client site. To switch, I have to log out and log back in with the other email account. Slack is designed to be multi-tenant for the user from the beginning. Uh, You add a workspace, I add one for my consulting company. I add a workspace, I add one for the client. I add a workspace, I add one for multi-new media. I get notifications from any of them. 
at once. You know, that they are all I, I can switch between the workspaces very easily. I can go from chatting from client A to client B and I have one app on my phone that I don't have to sign out of and sign into multiple times. It's just always signed into all of them and I don't have to worry about it. To me that is the killer feature that I love about Slack. And you'll hear Microsoft promise and promise and promise that it's coming. Um, again, I'm not down on them. They've been promising that. They, they said 2018. Well, the way they work is they a third have a thing the called user voice. And yeah. you can go out to user voice for Microsoft and you can offer suggestions or ideas for improvement and other people can vote on them. Uh, that was one of the highest voted features for a long time, mm-hmm. and it got locked. And they started working on it like six months ago. I actually interview. I actually went through an interview process with the team's people on how I wanted to use it and how it needed to be improved. Mm-hmm. And they keep saying it's coming. <laughs> it's not here yet. Well, and it drives me nuts. Take it from a burned Windows Phone fan, right? If you've ever gone to the Windows Phone Reddit, you'll see all the jokes about uh, Microsoft should trademark the word soon because it's coming <laughs> soon. We promise it's coming soon, but it never materializes. And and I mean, you could put this with the Surface line. You could put this with uh, what the real shame is, is that it's starting to spill over into Office, which is, you know, has been historically sheltered from this but I I guess I have to end with the fact that right now as much as I would love to use my existing Office 365 account and get this thing free and not have to pay and already have the the paid level that's not the reality of it you're essentially getting a free tier level just thrown in um, that's partly functional compared to the competition and at this point if somebody's looking I would say try them both if you already have an Office 365 account. At least try uh, to use Teams and Slack. But if you don't have Office 365, then my recommend, recommendation is is don't bother unless you need Office 365. Stick just with Slack. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what I'm looking well, at over the next little bit as well. Well, here, and here here's another use case. If you're the small business owner, and maybe it's you. Or maybe you and one other person, and and maybe you do have Office 365. Doesn't really matter if if you want to just sign up for the free tier of Slack. When you start dealing with outside vendors, or maybe you want to hire a developer to work on your website, or you want you have a tech support person, or even maybe your accountant. I don't know, but it's a great way to just invite somebody from outside you know your small business to have a connected way to chat and trade information and update each other on what's happening that, i mean you don't have to set up teams and yeah. then like create a you know add them in and wait for this feature where you can invite somebody slack just set it up and it just works right out of the box for free and you can have private channels where no one can even see it exists. Oh, that and is you, another. I'm glad you said that because and you can have public channels and, and teams can do it as well. No, teams can have private. Channels, so teams. at this point, at this point, that is not rolled out. Oh, Microsoft officially on March 20th of this teams. year. I'm sorry. Oh, they, yes. So but March um, 20th of this year, Microsoft responded uh, asking for private channels. And they, their official response was this feature request is still in the works. <laughs> right, because they have to probably make a change to underlying SharePoint to make it happen. Right, right. So, yeah, if you're thinking about that where I want to be able to create a channel within my team that only certain people can access, nope, nope. everybody on that team, everybody in that Microsoft group gets access to all of your channels. And that's a major deal breaker for a lot of people. I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, 
Now, what um, both Slack and Teams also have a permission system, so you can make someone an owner of a channel where they can invite other people, or you can say, no, you can't invite anybody. It's just you, or right. you know. Um, but but that's yeah. it. It seems like we both land on the side of Slack right now. Um, for anybody using Teams, sorry if that makes you a little bit mad, but we're just going with the basic needs of the market and, and which piece of software right now seems to be able to serve that need the best. And uh, again, just to lock it in, Chris, I've got to say Slack. Slack is where I'm at with this. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.